Hello, my love bugs. It's 5.16 p.m. Today is the same day, Tuesday, October 3rd. And this episode is going to be a short story, a spooky short story. Um, Before I get into the story, I have some things to say. So my first one, Brian's Dream, um, it was super, super, super short, like four minutes. And I'm not going to lie, um, it's my first time writing or putting myself out there like this in a long time. So my friend gave me some constructive criticism, which I love because I always, um, I'm not that person that um, takes offense to it. So she gave me the, <laughs> the advice, like, you know, I sounded when I was reading it, like I wrote it and I was reading it and I was trying to um, make it longer, even though it was four minutes and I was trying to not sound so peppy and happy and trying to sound like more scary and sinister and it came off like robotic and you can tell I was nervous and stuff like that so um this is kind of gonna be different I'm gonna kind of just try to flow with it and instead of reading stuff just gonna make it up off the top of my head type of situation um and I feel like it'll probably flow better that way I'm gonna try to make it seem like you guys are my friends listening. We're at like some type of camp um, surrounding the fire or something and, you know, sharing spooky stories. So hopefully it comes out better. You know, I'm always my hardest critic, but yeah, I've I seen a lot of you guys listen to it and hopefully you liked it, even though I was super fucking nervous and you can hear it in my voice. Um, so that's the first part. Second part, babe. I know you're listening. <laughs> so, my love bug. The episodes with me doing conspiracy theories about werewolves and vampires, I don't know if you listened to it when it first came out or um, you're, like, re-listening to it because it's spooky season and, I don't know, maybe you really like those episodes. But my love, my dear love, please, please, please understand <laughs> when you daydream about stuff, it comes true to my dreams if it involves me. So if you're daydreaming, listening to my episode and you're listening to the werewolf episode, when I go to sleep or I take a nap or go to sleep for the night, I'm dreaming what you're daydreaming. So please, like, <laughs> if it involves me and you, daydream about, like, family stuff. I don't care if you daydream about sex, whatever. I don't care. Not that because I was literally I didn't understand until the second time it happened the first time it was like a week ago or something and it came to my dream and I was my ex in the dream turned into a werewolf and me and you were um with our future kids running away from a bunch of werewolves and I was like I thought it was random because I did the podcast like a week and a half before so I was like, I didn't listen to anything or watch anything involving werewolves since then. So I was like, whatever. And then I want to say maybe one, two, maybe three nights ago, I had a dream. And it was like I was taking a nap and I had a dream that I was um, in like some big castle and every room was filled with a different vampire and they knew that I wasn't a vampire and they were all like, oh, she has a lot of spiritual gifts let's drink her blood so they're all chasing me and I was like how do I keep having these dreams like what's going on and mind you I haven't read or looked into anything or watched a movie about vampires 
since I did the episode. So I was like, what's going on? I asked my spirit team and they were like, it's it's your man. (laughs) And he's like listening to the episodes, but putting us there in the scene. Don't do that. (laughs) Not with those. I don't want to be running away from shit in my dreams because I'm like, what the fuck? But yeah, I just have to tell you that. Love you dearly. (laughs) Keep daydreaming because it's very powerful. Like whatever you're daydreaming, I end up seeing in dream time, but just no more spookiness stuff. So since this is a spooky episode, even if you like it, do not picture that we're the people in the story, please. And thank you. I love you dearly. (laughs) Anyways, for everybody else. I'm going to pause it here and then try to get into scary story mode. Um, Right now, I'm just going to call it the invasion because I know I want it to be about um, aliens. And the specific alien it's going to be about is the greys. I tell you guys all the time about the tall greys. If you guys recently watched that movie, um, No One Will Save You on Hulu, um, those aliens that movie was okay i feel like the aliens were super depicted how they really are so if you had to envision what type those are the grays and it's the ones from that movie um no one will save you on hulu so without further ado i'm gonna pause it here and get into story mode i just had to say that (laughs) peace Okay, so today's story is going to be based on a main character. We're going to name her Mariah. She's beautiful. She's unique. She's very indifferent. And this is going to be about a story about the Greys and an invasion. So from childhood, Mariah grew up. She had a lot of siblings. She was the outspoken adventurous one. She was the one that was kind of the boss that called all the shots, right? Very different, very outspoken, a black sheep of the family, but she didn't quite understand why she didn't fit in with her family and what set her out and apart from everyone else. When it came to her love life, it may be middle school, high school, college, it almost seemed as if love was not in the cards for her she kept trying to solve the mystery of like what is it what is up with me why do i not fit in with any of anybody in my family i don't seem to mesh with any of my love interests i feel like something's off the truth about what is off is that her energy was a little imbalanced or when she would come around people, it would imbalance other people's energy around her. She would throw them off. She would make them weaker. And so she met this man one day. We're gonna call this man John. So Mariah met John and John seemed to be loving and nurturing. He seemed to be the perfect partner for her. They got married, they had children. Everything seemed to be like cookie cutter and perfect. But there's a dark, creepy secret within this 
relationship in this marriage that I feel like <laughs> if anybody knew this secret, it would take it will send them off running steadfast. The secret in this relationship is that this perfect guy that she fell for was not a guy at all. This guy that she fell for was actually cloaked. He was highly intelligent, highly advanced. I feel like um, he was a little too good to be true. John's energy was the heartthrob. Um, he could have been the gamer. It's like everything everybody would ever want out of their ideal person. That's what John was. If he picked up a sport, he could pick up any sport. Surfing, skateboarding, tennis, basketball, cycling, like anything. Anything he touched, he excelled at. Of course, you're like, maybe you know people like that, right? But something was off about his energy. Very sinister. Of course, Mariah couldn't pick up on this herself. There was a lot of supernatural things that would occur when John was around. Maybe people would, let's say you encountered John, right? People would have envisions or um, have dreams, nightmares after encountering him. They would have dreams or visions of him reading their minds they have dreams or visions about cloning, different things like that. So they couldn't quite put their finger on what it was, but they felt like it was weird. It was creepy. It was scary. So every time he encountered anyone besides Mariah, they ran away from him. So in a way, it was like they bonded from that, that they were two oddballs in this universe that nobody else really meshed with. Their kids are starting to get older and the same thing is happening to their offspring. They have three daughters. Their daughters are not fitting in with anybody, not clicking. Um, the way their mind worked, the way they talked, just gave this very eerie feeling. It could have came off soulless or heartless or cold. Mariah is now well-established. She's probably in her late 30s, early 40s. Around this time that she has teenagers, all girls. Now, Mariah is having to talk to her daughters about love. Remember, her middle school, high school, college dating scene was null and void. She didn't have much of a dating life. And yet she's trying to give advice to her three girls about dating, putting herself out there. I see one of Mariah's daughters ends up attracting a rapper. Someone that was a poet or a rapper that can literally manifest through writing, um, uplift people's energies, be very relatable, right? But there was something that this 
rapper wasn't seeing about his own girlfriend. Let's say Mariah's daughter, we're gonna say the first one is going to be named Sarah. There is something that this rapper did not notice about Sarah. So it's like the continuing pattern of an oddball and now this oddball, these two oddballs are raising another oddball. And then that person is attracting someone. But each time is it's a mystery or is something sinister in the background that is not adding up. I bet you're all wondering, like, what is the mystery? <laughs> yeah. First off, I see that when it comes to Sarah and her connection to this poet, let's call him a poet. She can read his mind. So she feels like she gets him or they can connect because she can read his mind. And since she can read his mind, she knows what he wants out of a woman, what he wants out of a girlfriend. So therefore she fulfills all of his desires. She checks off everything. She's beautiful, of course, because her parents are very handsome, very attractive, very beautiful. But it's like, personality-wise, she was having hard, hard time dating other people until she learned how to use this gift of telepathy. So she's using her gift of telepathy in order to um, have a dating life. That's why she has a dating life in her teenage years when her mother did not. Sarah is now getting older and she has a child with this poet. And now this is what, two generations now, this is the third generation being born. But there's still this secret, there's still this lie that this family has that nobody else knows. Again, going back to John, the grandpa, very well off. He comes off um, as a handyman. He can fix anything. He can create anything, an innovator. Very good with finances and saving. And I know everybody listening is like, okay, but what's the problem? Hmm. The problem is they're not from here. They're not from this universe. They're actually, hmm, they're actually here to invade this world. So the, the creepy feeling that people were feeling or um, people that were encountering John at the beginning of the story and having visions of him reading their mind or um, doing creepy sinister things in dream time was because John is a gray. And the truth is, behind the scenes, behind closed doors, he shapeshifts. No one else sees that. He shapeshifts and cloaks himself into whatever energy he needs to cloak himself into in order to fulfill whatever human he's around. Um, 
fill their cup. Like, if you need a handyman, he'll become a handyman. If you need a lover, he'll become a lover. If you need a, a boss or a leader, he'll become that. So whatever you need, he'll cloak as that. But truthfully, when he goes behind closed doors, he pulls off this human skin. And he's a very creepy creature. He's a tall gray. So if you don't know what that looks like, he has gray, slimy skin long skinny fingers super tall um a slender build a long neck no nose a small mouth huge black eyes solid black eyes yeah and his head is oblong so it's shaped very strangely so now that we know the secret about John being a tall gray. What does that mean for the rest of the generations, right? Let's continue. <laughs> so the truth about the daughters is that they were all kidnapped. These are all young women that were kidnapped by this gray and brainwashed into being his family in order to attract Mariah. So Mariah is also being brainwashed by John, but she doesn't know this. So this entire story is all at the center of John the Tall Gray meeting Mariah, brainwashing her into thinking she's birthed these three girls when really these three girls are kidnapped. Strangers. He made them look alike, meaning they may all have the same eye color, that they may have the same hair color, similar features. But even the skin that they're in is not actually their skin. How do I explain that? It's like they're clones or they're wearing someone else's skin or they're wearing like a, a skin of a clone. I guess is the way that I can express that. So Mariah's the only human, true human in this energy. When I say these girls were kidnapped, the three daughters, they were, but they weren't humans that were kidnapped. He took them from a different timeline where the greys are on a different planet. Kidnapped these girls, put them in a certain skin. So then he's brainwashing his mate and making her think she's pregnant, making her think she's had this baby they pushed her out, and now these girls are growing and getting older, but honestly, they're all grays. And the only one that is an actual human in this story is Mariah. So the awkwardness that she had, yes, it may fit, and it was as awkward as John has been, and they seemed like there were two oddballs out, 
but she's the only actual human so far in this story besides the poet so so far the poet and mariah the mother are the only two actual humans in this story so continuing on the siblings don't know this about each other each sibling is brainwashed into thinking they're all actually human they're all brainwashed into thinking that they're all actually siblings and that they all actually came from Mariah, but that's not true. So the father of the story, John, he's hiding this secret from everybody. Yeah, he's very afraid that one day somebody will figure this out. When he transforms out of his skin for the day and he's John, he has this man cave in the house or this area where none of the none of the women in his family are allowed his teenage daughters um or even now they're older and they have their own kid right so his daughters growing up were never allowed in this area this man cave area his wife mariah was never allowed in this area and in this area of the house they had this special secret room where you would go in and it's almost like you're in a um, secret lab or a secret laboratory where he has um, cloning machines and people in um, big containers and stuff. And they're all being like processed and cloned out. He has like human skin, quote unquote, or the type of human skin that he wants them in, whatever shade, whatever ethnicity, whatever color, whatever features, he has that sitting there and he has other grays in a way like kidnapped and stored away in this area. He has brainwashing machines, brainwashing machines like MK Ultra and everything going down in this lab that is an extension to this man cave. So when his wife thinks he's down there watching games, watching football, or anything like that. This is what he's actually doing. And he's very particular about nobody in the family ever coming down there. So meanwhile, nobody has ever stepped foot down there besides him. But it's also a huge fear of his that one day they will find out. So... John is secretly like a alien scientist or something. He kidnapped a lot, maybe up to 20 greys from his original home planet and brought them here. And he's been creating the family slowly but surely out of these grays so everybody that he is surrounded by is a creature like him besides mariah and besides the poet that his one of his daughters has brought home i am feeling like when it comes to this relationship that Sarah has with the poet. We'll call the poet the poet Amir. 
So Sarah and Amir meet genuinely. They could have met in college. And he's the one that asked her out to date. He liked her because she was indifferent. She was unique. Of course, Amir is not thinking that she's from another planet or that she's a clone or that she's cloaked and she's really an alien wearing human skin. Of course, he doesn't notice that. He just falls in love with her love at first sight. He doesn't know anything about the family and the family secrets. Amir comes from struggle. Amir is African-American, of course. In this story, he's more um, of a poet, an artist. He raps, he has rap battles, he's hood. Um, he comes from struggle and poverty. And he just so happened to fall in love with a girl of a white race that is more abundant. It seems like, you know, she comes from like a um, middle class or a higher class family than he does. He doesn't care. He doesn't see color. He just falls in love with her. So with Amir falling in love with her, he's noticed a couple things about Sarah, which I feel like to everyone else seemed normal. She's never had a drunken college night. She's never went to a frat party. She's never um, done anything that typically um, women would do or girls would do while exploring college. And mind you, not everybody has to, you know, wild out and have um, keg parties and things. But he's noticed that something's not adding up with Sarah. When it came to having intercourse with Sarah... She freaked out, and it's almost like she's never even seen a male penis or a genital. He's kind of confused again, like, what planet are you from? You didn't take health class? You know, we've seen each other's body parts in health class. We learned about this before we even hit puberty. Kind of strange, but I feel like Amir just brushes it off. So now Amir has two children with Sarah. The thing is, what did I just tell you guys? Everybody around them is brainwashed into thinking they really were pregnant or they really had children. So that means even this scientist, John, the secret scientist alien, John, made this guy, Amir, the poet, the gangster, <laughs> he even brainwashed him into thinking that these two kids, these two biracial kids are his that he created with Sarah. They're living life. I see things start to pop up around Sarah and Amir's life that makes him wonder. It seems like mom is the oddball in the way. She gets tattoos or they get tattoos and the tattoos eventually start to disappear off her skin as if they never got it, which is confusing to Amir because he's tattooed. He has tattoos everywhere. It doesn't make sense how her tattoos are disappearing. They keep going to the same artist. They're suing for thinking that the artist is using temporary ink. They're just going through this whole thing and confused and even so Sarah, remind you, she doesn't 
know that she's not actually a human. Amir's sitting down smoking one day and he's talking to his friends about his wife and his children. And he just so casually mentions a few things that he feels like is odd about his wife. So he's sitting down smoking with his friends and talking about the things that he feels like he needs to hide from his wife. Like it might spook him out. It might scare him. But of course, he doesn't want to ruin his relationship or his marriage by announcing this to his wife that he thinks she's creepy or her skin's creepy or the things that once used to be cute about her and different and quirky starts to make him scratch his head now. He's noticed that she's never shed any emotion. She's never had any tears. You know, maybe people have passed around her or more so like if it's a sad situation that any other regular human would cry about, she has no emotion. When it's something that she should get emotional about during pregnancy or, um, you know, being a mother, she doesn't have any emotions. He's not sure. He's confused. So now he's a little cross-faded. He's smoking and drinking with his friends, talking about the things that he hides from his wife. And I see all different type of theories start to pop up in his head. And at first he's like, fuck it, let's go along with it. So him and his friends are sitting around like, maybe your wife is this. Maybe your wife is that. Or, you know, just saying little theories. And joking about it, you know, they're cross-faded, just talking shit. And somebody says, what if your wife is actually dead? Or like, what if she's a zombie? Or what if she's not from here? So then it starts to get a little bit more deep. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute, because some of these theories are making sense. High or not, drunk or not. Then they're asking like, well, how did you meet her? How did you guys link up? And he tells them the story about how they met. And he says, you know, they went to the same school, but honestly, they're from two different worlds. So what? how much about, their, about Sarah's childhood do you really know? How much about her family do you really know? So it sounds like in a way, him smoking and drinking and chopping it up with his friends from the hood is in a way revealing some stuff that he wasn't thinking about before he was just madly in love with her so he says you know the background he starts to tell the friends what he told sarah about himself yeah i come from this type of lifestyle sometimes when i was hungry or my family didn't have enough i had to steal from the store in order to eat right and he's like wait a minute like I get it that opposites attract, but now that you say this, most of the story about how they met and everything he told her, he's noticed that she's never opened up her mouth and spoke on her childhood. So he starts to realize that that's a piece of the puzzle missing. So now Amir is like, hold on, this is getting kind of freaky. Because you're right, I've been with my wife since college. We have our own kid now that's probably in elementary. I'm around my in-laws and, you know, their grandparents to my kid. 
my kids, excuse me, but I don't have any recollection of my partner's childhood. Why is that? So it almost seems as if the MK Ultra or the brainwashing started to wear off once he got around friends and start talking. And once he was, um, I guess, under a different influence of being intoxicated. So this is freaking Amir out because he's like, I know I'm high. I know I'm drunk, but fuck like shit. This is scaring me. I got to know these secrets. Like, why would she keep these secrets from me? We're around the family all the time and they never joke about childhood stories. Like, you know what I'm saying? You go to people's houses and they're like, I remember when Sarah was little and she used to do this in the diaper time. And I remember when Sarah this and she fell and scraped her knee or or riding the bike store. Nothing like that. Can he share with his friends? Started to creep them out. So at this point in time, his friends were like, maybe you should leave her. And he's like, wait a minute, this is still the love of my life. I'm going to get down to the bottom of this. I'm going to investigate. I love this. I love this woman. I love Sarah with all my heart. She's the mother of my children. Before I just say bye and fuck her, let me find out something first. So he follows his heart. And the mirror's like, I got to know. Mind you, they were supposed to have matching tattoos every time they get a tattoo. His body is covered in tattoos. They've tried so many different times to the point he's tatted. His chest, his arms, he got sleeves, his neck is tatted, you know, his abs. And every time they try to get something, it disappears off of her. Eventually, the same tattoo artist, the same ink, it just won't stick to her. It's not making sense to the point they wanted to sue so he's bringing this up with his friends as well he's like you know what this is actually starting to freak me out because his heart and his mind are telling him two different things his mind is telling him something's wrong with this situation his heart is like i'm locked in for life so then they're like okay let's go and see if she has anything that we haven't looked into online you know Let's see if we can find like a paper trail or social media and let's go as far back into social media as we can see. If you met in college, let's see if um, Sarah has high school friends, childhood friends, anything like that in order to find some stuff out. And before they actually went to go ask the family, because it was kind of creepy at this point, they were like, let's see if we can have conversations with some of Sarah's childhood friends and things like that or let's see if there's any relatives that they have in another city or state just to see the energy of them before they bring it to Sarah and the family and it ruins a happy home you know everything seems to be so perfect over there with everybody so I see they look on their social medias and they realize she doesn't have a family list cousin friend um, uncle, grandma, auntie, she doesn't have any family included, which, okay, some of you guys are listening like, I don't include my family. Fuck them, right? But she doesn't even include her siblings that she grew up with. There's no pictures of them. There's no trail. It's just her and college, and that's it. It's just her and where she's worked at, and that's it. 
There's no crazy wild parties or no pictures of her like nothing, you know. Some people have the emo phase they go through. Some people have like that drunken phase they go through, party girl phase. There's nothing. Everything is picture perfect. And the friends are like, this is fucking creepy. They're starting to feel like there's something supernatural going on here. And they just can't really quite pinpoint it. They're like, okay, maybe we're too high. Let's return to this subject another day because this is getting too freaky. So they started to slow down, talking about this for a while. They all went home, tried to sober up and revisit this another day. During this time, Amir is kind of creeped out. He doesn't want to sleep with his wife anymore. He's a little weirded out by her and her skin and the little different things that is going on with her. He's also noticed that it seems like everybody in the family just has an endless amount of money or they're just always happy or it's just no real feelings, no real emotions, just throwing out money, supporting each other, smiling, picture-perfect family. The sisters never argued. They have never argued. He's never seen any attitudes between the women. And he's like, you know, I know we're different cultures, but siblings are siblings. They get on each other's nerves. So as the days are going by, he hasn't kicked it with his boys from the hood in a while. But he's starting to notice that his energy is not being turned on by his wife anymore. He's getting creeped out. He's noticing little things around in the family where it's like, what the fuck is up with them? Different cultures are not. Family's beef. There's some type of drama. You know what I'm saying? So then I see he says something that shocks them. He could ask, he asked um, two of the other sisters, like, about their relationship. And for whatever reason, it shocked them. Like, I feel like he's asked, like, about what I'm saying about uh, the relationship. Like, so who did Sarah date before me? Or, you know, um, tell me about her exes or anything like that. Or, like... Am I the first black guy she ever dated? Like, just willy-nilly throwing something out there to see if they start talking about childhood things. And, you know, oh, yeah, Sarah had a crush on a black guy in middle school. Or, oh, she's always like chocolate or whatever. Like, just trying to get some type of normalness out of these conversations with these people. But it shocked them. They were confused why he would want to know something about their past. So now he's looking at all three of them a little funny, and he's sober. So he's like, why did that one question cause so much um, awkwardness in the room? It's like he asked them how they like to have sex, and it was inappropriate or something. It's just like, I mean, in any culture, if it's an interracial couple... It's okay to say, hey, am I the first Asian guy that this person dated? Am I the first black guy, the first Latino, whatever? It's not that serious, but it was something that he can tell they made a bigger deal than it was because they couldn't answer the question. So Amir at this point 
is using his third eye and seeing through this and he's like starting to look at them a little harder and he's like they look a little odd like something's off i don't know if their skin suit wasn't fitting as right anymore or maybe he was looking in their eyes you know the eyes never lie so he could have been looking in their eyes and being like you know tell me the truth and he's noticing that their energy is being different their eyes are shifty they're not really answering the question they're you know going all around the question so he's looking at all three of the sisters including his wife as one of the three like these bitches are from another planet and it dawns on him like what the fuck so now amir's tripping he straight up just leaves i feel like even if they were at the family's house and they drove over here over there amir took the bus he went back to the hood he's like um this is fucking creepy i gotta tell my friends he's sitting on the bus alone feeling like a dummy he feels bamboozled he feels like how did i get conned into dating someone that is not from here and the whole family is not from here something's off he's not getting it so amir's on his way back to the hood because he gotta tell his friends like we are right at this point, he has so much going on in his head. He's like thinking like, should I find a damn psychic? Like, I need more answers, but I'm scared to go around them. It freaked him out. I feel like at this point, Amir is scared to go home. He's seen something in the eyes of the sisters and on their faces that just didn't make sense. He couldn't quite pinpoint if they were evil or not at this moment. He just knew they weren't of this world so amir's on the bus and he's sad he's heartbroken of course this is this is the love of his life this is the mother of his children he's married to this person but it's something that it's like her eyes shifted and he's seen what her actual eyes look like and or he just seen something with his third eye and realized this person is not human none of them are He's realizing that wherever city or state that she said she was from, she's not from here. He realized, oh my God, did you even actually come through your mother? Like, he has so many questions. Like, do do aliens birth other aliens? Is your mom an alien? Is your dad an alien? If all three of the sisters he felt like was not from this planet when he asked, He's like, so how did y'all get here? Like, was there actual birth that occurred? He has so many questions like, I need a birth certificate. It's like, if he's going to come back to Sarah and, you know, accept her and let him be his, you know, the wife and everything again, he's like, I need to see some receipts. At this point, Amir's tripping like, something's not right. So Amir is going back to his hood. He gets high again, orders some food with his friends. He's out there chilling. And I see his homegirl that he grew up with comes by. So it's him, his homeboys, and one homegirl. This homegirl is super smart. She's into this kind of stuff. So they called her over and they're like, sis, didn't you think that, didn't you have a theory and you thought that we're amongst aliens or something? She's like, yeah, why? He's like, yeah, I think 
my family might be that. So can you explain to me how you would know? So she starts to go into um, the fact that they don't really have any emotions and the fact that um, they don't really even have love or hate or they don't have any human feelings that we feel regret, sadness, guilt, shame. And he's thinking, he's smoking, eating with his friends, thinking like about everything. He's listening to his friend, but he's thinking about like all the different memories he has with Sarah. And he's like, wow, yeah. You know, normally when women become mothers, they become more emotional. You know, when they're pregnant, they be crying more. If the baby is hurt or falls down and scrapes their knee, they're hurt. And, you know, it's, it's like so many emotions that comes with being a mother. He's like, I never seen her shed a fucking tear. What the hell? And they're like, well, what was it like when you first met? And he says, um, it feels like she could read my mind. Like every time I was about to start a sentence, she would finish it. And his friend, his homegirl, sis is like, yeah, they can read minds. They have telepathy. So then he's choking on the blank. He's freaking out. Like, what do you mean? So do you mean to tell me this whole time I'm thinking I'm with the person of my, you know, like the person of my dreams, the love of my life, where soulmates, she's finishing my sentences and she can fucking read my mind. So she knew what I was going to say, not because she shares the same soul, but because she can read my mind. And they're like, yeah, that's one of the gifts that they have. So he's feeling like, they targeted him he's tripping he's like but why me um they go on to asking him like a little bit more personal details like does she have any weird um birthmarks or weird places on her body that might make it seem like she has on a skin suit and he's like wow you know i'm not gonna lie to y'all she only likes to do it in the dark or like something like that he's like what so he's tripping because everything that a normal woman would do she didn't do it even when it came to the bedroom it's like how long y'all been married you seen her body like this and that and that it's like and she's still shy as being your wife and y'all only have sex in the dark what do you mean? He's like, yeah. So they're like, bro, you need to turn on the lights next time. And he's like, next time? I'm not trying to be with her no more. But they're like, we need you to figure this out. So Amir's high as shit and he's spooked. He's like, um, fuck. Like, I got to go back over there. And they're like, yeah, bro. Because, like, what's the point in just staying over here, avoiding your marriage, divorcing this person and then what if you're just making shit up in your head and you're just going crazy you know like at least get actual proof that this is what's really happening if this is the love of your life so his friends talk him into um going back and finding out some truths but then he tells them about what happened with the sisters all three of them and they're like huh that was kind of weird so 
they're kind of like you want us to go with you or like how do you want to go about this you can be on standby for you you know they're trying to look out for a mirror because they don't want him to get fucking abducted in case (laughs) she peels out of her skin and something crazy happens so they're like all right bro how about this how did you get over here he's like man i got over here on a bus and she has the car you know they live on a completely different side of town he's like all right how about this bro's like i'll drive you over there in the morning and i'll kind of wait around so if you come back out running out the door we can just pull off he's like all right bet so they go to sleep they wake up the next day he has messages from his wife and um and she's like you know i don't know really what happened but I want to meet up and talk. You know, you haven't been home all night. You just kind of ran out my family's house. You're looking at me and my sister's crazy. So on her end, she's trying to balance things out with her husband. I see that bro is coming over there. He bro dropped him off, like he said, in the morning. But bro's standing outside on guard like he's a mere security guard. And he's looking at the house like, man, if I need to, I'll run up in there. You know what I'm saying? So he's sitting by the car. They're talking now. And I feel like they're talking outside of the house. Amir is too afraid to even step foot in the house and close the door behind him. Because he feels like he's not going to make it back out. His friend's on edge, like, looking like, if he needs to, I got you. Then all of a sudden, I see another sister comes out of nowhere, walking up. And it distracts Amir's homeboy for a split second. He's looking at the sister, the sister's looking at him. And he's kind of looking at her, like, staring into her soul to try to read her energy, because, you know... All of the friends is tweaking at this point, and they're on Amir's side. So he's looking at her, looking at her, looking at her. And I feel like he starts to notice something, and it freaks him out. And when he notices it, his car flips out of nowhere. Like almost um, like telekinesis or telekinetic powers. So his car flips upside down when the sister starts walking towards him. She looks shocked, and she runs inside the house. She runs past um, Amir and Sarah. The friend is fucking freaking out. He's over somewhere in the fetal position, crying. And he's, like, screaming out, they're monsters, they're monsters. He's crying. Amir's looking like, oh, hell no, like, how did that happen? So Amir is looking for his friend. His wife is looking shocked and trying to console the sister. And Amir is like, what happened? The friend is so spooked out. He's like, I don't know, but I don't want to be here. The sun is now starting to set. He's like, bro, I don't want to be here no more. My car flipped out of nowhere because I was looking at the sister. I seen something in her eyes that I think you were mentioning when you were talking to Sarah and the sisters the other day. I seen what you're talking about. But bro shook. He's so shook. He's so scared. He's like, the sun's about to come down. 
the car flipped upside down. Of course, we can't flip it back over. We have no way out of here. We gotta go. Like, even if we gotta run to the nearest bus, let's go. Amir's like, but I didn't, I didn't find out anything. I didn't get to talk to her. He's like, look, bro, if you wanna stay, you can stay. I'm about to see if I can open up my door and get a flashlight out of the glove department and I'm running. I'm out of here. So I see like when it comes to Amir and his friend, they're on two different pages. He's like, I'm trying to figure it out. His friend's like, what is there to figure out? How the fuck did the car flip? So Amir's stand behind like, all right, he's, 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 um, he didn't make the best judgment for himself and his safety in that moment. Cause he's gonna leave. I mean, his friend's about to leave him no matter what he's talking about. He found the flashlight or two. He's like, look, I got two flashlights. Are you coming with me or not? I'm leaving now. The sun's gonna be down and I don't wanna be here in this area with them when it goes down. His friend ain't listening. Amir's friend shakes, he's out of there. Amir goes back and it's kind of like a roll of the dice at this point because he don't know if the sister flipped the car or not. He don't know what happened. He was he had his back turned to the whole situation. He's seen the aftermath. Mind you, me personally, I'd have left with bro. But Amir is still trying to save his relationship, so it's the roll of the dice. I feel like he rolled the wrong dice, though. At this point in time, one of his, one of Amir's children comes out and holds his hand. When he holds his hand, I feel like one of Amir's gifts that this alien family doesn't know is that Amir is, um, he might have, he might be psychic or he has certain gifts like clairsentience, which means he can feel or when something touches him, like somebody's holding his hand or he has, or somebody's giving him a hug, he might get visions or he can feel if they have good or, or, or negative energy. Why is it heightened now? I don't know, but it's almost as like the brainwashing is wearing off of him. So his kid grabs his hand and he sees this vision of monsters and of um, cloning facilities. He sees this vision of very scary, tall aliens. He looks down at his kid, lets go of the hand, and he's freaked the fuck out because, like, what the fuck? He's looking at his kid. He doesn't want to touch the kid anymore, but he's looking like, how are you alive, but I seen you in a cloning tube. And he's freaking the hell out. Mind you, his friend left him. The sun set and it's almost dark outside. And he's left with this alien family. I'm going to pause it here. Okay, so we're back. So, yeah, Amir is now left. The sun's going down. His friend's out of there. And he just seen his child that he believes he birthed into this world with this woman, Sarah. He's seen the monster in the tube. He's seen the child with that he's looking down, his biracial child, his mixed child. He's looking down and seeing curly hair and stuff, but in the vision he had 
when the baby was holding his hand was a monster, was a short gray alien putting on this child's skin. So he's like, what the fuck? I swear we had sex because, you know, or like, I swear when we had sex, my seed connected with your egg that created this biracial child. Something's not adding up. So he's freaking out a little bit. He's now looking like, okay, what about my other baby? So I feel like at this point, he's ready to pack his bags and run away from everybody. But he's like, did y'all kill my kid? Or what the hell am I saying? He has so many questions. So instead of leaving, he goes into this house. And I feel like he didn't realize that that would be the last time he would ever be seen. He's in this house now. And I see that when he goes inside, he starts just asking questions. He's like, I'm not about to hold this back anymore. And he's blurting out things because it's too much at this point. It's like, what's really going on? I need answers. I'm seeing one thing. I feel one thing. How did the car flip? Why are you not? Why is your tattoos not sticking to your skin? And I got the same ink as you, and I still got these tattoos. Did we actually create this child? Like, he's going off, and he's upset, he's confused, he's scared, but he's standing his ground. It's like fight or flight, he's fighting right now. He's like, are y'all from another planet? What the fuck is going on? At this point in time, everybody in the family is rushing in because he's being very loud. And he's yelling for everybody in the family to hear. They all come out from different parts of the house. And now they're all surrounding a mirror, including grandma and grandpa, which was Mariah and John. Mariah, John, Sarah, his kids, and her two sisters are now there, all surrounding him. And he's having a mental breakdown. Now, mind you, as he's saying some of these things, the sisters are looking at each other weird. The kids are looking at each other weird. And even Mariah, the mom, is like, what do you mean? I pushed these kids out. So everybody's very confused. And they're trying to figure out what is he talking about and where did this come from? So then John comes out. And he says, you know what? Sit down. We need to have a talk. He tells them that, and when I say them, I mean everybody in that room. He tells them that none of them are actually from here on this planet besides Mariah and John. He tells them that they were all kidnapped from their planet, that he brought them through this portal and that they're not returning back to their original planet, meaning his daughters and his grandkids. He tells them that they never were actually in an embryo in a woman's womb or a belly. He tells the women their waters never actually broke and they never actually pushed out any children, but they were brainwashed to think that they did. He told them, he told Amir that the seed that, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain it. It's very creepy. 
and he told him that him thinking he had sex with Sarah in order to make these kids, the seed did create a kid, but it's not the kids that he's looking at. And he's like, well, what the fuck do you mean? And it's like, um, what's it called? Like artificial assimilation. Like he used the seed in order to, um, I guess to make their skin that they're in, to make it biracial. Some type of sciencey thing. He's like, yeah, in order to make them look human, in order to make them have this human skin, I took some of your seed and mated it with his wife, actually, Mariah. So he's like, what the hell are you talking about, right? Like, I didn't sleep with Mariah, the mom, the grandma. I slept with Sarah. He's like, the reason why they have mixed race is because her egg and she's white. His seed and he's black makes biracial babies because they needed this skin, this hair color and things like that. But it's not actually um, Sarah that birthed any of these kids. This skin is from the mixture of mixing together his egg and or her egg and his sperm. So he's confused. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This shit is too sciencey. What are you saying? He's like, I made them in a fucking lab. I made them in the lab. He's like, we're from a different star system. So now, Amir got all the answers he was looking for. He's tripping out because he's looking at his kids and they're not like, so he's like, so they're not kids. He's like, no, they're not kids. They were workers that worked for me on this other planet and I just kidnapped him and brought him here. The three of them don't know or they didn't know until now that they're not even siblings. They all were just workers for me. They never had a childhood. That's why they don't have childhood memories. I don't know what that looks like, so I didn't give it to them. I made the women think that they actually gave birth, but it was literally just brainwashing, just MK Ultra. So John, the father, which is actually the gray, he just came out and said all of this to them. So now everybody's tripping. The mom, Mariah, that's the oldest, you know, she's the grandma for everybody. She's tripping because she's like, wait, so my kids are hybrids or he's like, no, let me show you. And he literally goes over to his grandkids and takes off their skin form. And in front of them are two grays. Now, everybody's freaking out. He's like to the daughters, don't trip. He takes theirs off, too. And now there's five gray standing in front of two humans. And they're like, so John, are you one of these creatures or, or are you a human? And he shows himself as well. So now Mariah and Amir, the only two in this family that are actually human beings. 
that actually are from Earth that actually came from here. They're freaking out. They're damn near out of breath. Like, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. They're frozen in fear. They're scared to attack or to fight because these things just literally shedded their skin. And they're this creepy-ass alien with big eyes, a big head, no nose, tall, slender, creepy talons for hands. And he's like, I'm here because I'm here to invade your species. I'm not the only one here. There are several other families walking around like us. Some people even have dogs. And we wear dog skin in order to cloak. We come from this planet. And this is what we do. So, Amir and Mariah taking this all in. He's like, why the fuck did you choose us? Like, they're so scared, they're confused. But they're afraid to attack or to run because they don't know how these creatures are going to react. Like, why did you choose us? Because you had a soul. We needed a soul. But why do you need my soul? It's it's like none of this is adding up. None of this is making sense in their head. And then all of the visions that Mariah first seen or the things that her friends were saying that when John would come around, they would get creeped out by him. They would start to see spooky stuff in their dreams about aliens and monsters and him reading their minds and clones. All of that is flooding back to her. And she's like, oh my gosh, I fucked up. My friends were psychic or they were able to see it. And I thought they were being jealous. I thought they were being weird because I finally got someone that understood me, that I loved and I was in love with. And her friends told her back in these days, like, this person's not real. This is not a real person. She didn't want to hear it. So she's freaking out because she's been with this man, John, forever. So now all of them are in the house. And I see Amir's like trying to figure out which one he can punch and run. <laughs> He's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. But remind you, they can read minds. So now that they're all out of their human skin, they all remember that they're grays. They remember their gifts. They don't have to cloak and hide as a human anymore. So they're reading his mind and they see that he's about to punch one of them and try to run. So immediately they move their hand up and put a mirror in the air and start to choke him with their telekinetic powers. And then what's flashing in his head, of course, is fuck my bro just ran and told me to come because the car flipped and i let i let my friend leave and now i ain't gonna make it out of this so amir's life is flashing before his fucking eyes the other two sisters are also now letting out this weird sound of this weird vibration and it's very sinister it's very dark it's like a a noise coming from their their mouth. It's like something that is piercing the ears of the only two humans there. It's a frequency that is not 
known on earth so it's piercing and it's weird and it's making their body um have involuntary uh, movements so if, if if mariah and amir try to run it's like the frequency all they can really do is hold their ears and their body parts are like flailing and wiggling and like moving involuntarily now not only did the sisters do it the kids and john is making this noise coming out their mouth and it's very dark very sinister and i see both amir and mariah are levitating now it kind of feels like they're puppets and they're kind of in the control of these beings. They don't have any control over themselves. The only thing they have control over is their mind. And they're fucking freaking out, like, seeing their life flash before their eyes. They're trying to control their breathing. It's like something's choking them. They can't breathe. Yeah. They're having visions. They're having dreams. It's like all the stuff that he tried to brainwash them with is coming flooding back and they're realizing the life that's flashing before their eyes the last, I don't know, couple decades or however long Mariah's been with John. However long Amir's been with Sarah, he's realizing that all of those stories and memories were vacated. So this is happening for both Amir and Mariah. They're like, wow, He's, they're seeing the different options that basically John laid out for them in that brainwashing and realizing that like, wow, you had pick and chose where they were gonna, I don't know, like everything's vacated. So like you pick and chose what memory to go where and you had an option out of other three other memories. So they're seeing literally him selecting their lives and how they thought their lives were this whole time they're picking up on messages and having visions while they're in the air he's noticing well mariah and amir is noticing every time they thought they were having intercourse with their partner that was even another facade so they seen that they're they were only brainwashed and maybe by the end of the intercourse, they thought they were actually um, experiencing an orgasm or, or something like that, a climax. And it wasn't. And it really was all a fake. So literally everything was fabricated. This is happening and it's like seeming like time is slowing down. Their pain this pain that feels like knives going through their body all at once all over their body is so much pain they are noticing that all of them seem to be like using telekinesis in order to do this as a group with them and they still can't figure out what it is that they're actually doing they just know it hurts they're seeing visions the vacate is now um, going away. They see, wow, every time I thought this was happening or every time I thought I was having sex or when I thought I was um, giving birth or anything like that, it was all literally a vacate. They were seeing it was like 
um, probes or like a, a like a machine or something over their head. And then they're waking up the next day and it's like they feel satisfied or they feel like they climax or they feel like I gave birth. But really, it's just like a suggestive thing. So they're getting the truth while they're in the air. They're seeing everything. I see they're also seeing this lab. It's like, in a way, the greys, the aliens now, because they're no longer John and Sarah, but the aliens now are showing the lab where he works at and what it looks like and how they were created. All of that's been shown to them. All of the things that were hidden was being now revealed and they're freaking out because they're like, wait a minute, this happens in other families. They're also saying that they're not the only ones that this is happening to. And they're so afraid. They're like, man, I have to leave this place and tell the world. They're like, there's more of these beings walking around in human skin than we think. Any moment they can choose to just take over and they're already here. We always think about alien invasions where they have to come down from the sky. We're going to see a UFO ship in a sighting first. But really, they're already here. I see now the moon is up and it's a full moon outside. And there's this portal that opens. Yeah, this portal opens and I see... Wow. Yeah, this portal opens and it's just like, at this point, they know they're going to die here. They know he's never going to make it to his friends. She knows she's never going to make it back to her family, even though her family, she was the oddball out. Mariah, from the beginning, they know they're never going to see humans again. This portal opens and they go through this portal. While they're in this portal, it's like they're still alive. They're still awake. And at this point in time, these aliens are just now pulling all of their organs out of their bodies. While they're still awake and alive. Surgically, they cut them open. There's no anesthesia. There's no pain medicine. So they feel all of the pain and agony. They're ripping out their intestines, the big intestines, the small, the liver, the kidney, the heart. Everything is being ripped out of their body in order to use their skin. So now it's almost like, you know, a snake sheds its skin and has a new skin. They're still alive consciously. Don't know how. It's some type of alien technology, but they're still alive conscious. But they can still feel all these things happening. So they're in so much pain but they can't move so now their skin with their consciousness is empty there's no vessels there's no bones there's no meat it's just skin human skin and a consciousness and eyeballs so that they can still see so what happens is guess what john the original alien goes over to one of the test tubes where he had the other aliens waiting 
because normally he was doing it before Amir figured this out and had a meltdown and blasted everybody. He was just doing it so that, like, it seems like, okay, when they get married or fall in love and have a baby, then it seems like, okay, then I'll pull out one of these aliens and put them in a child's skin and let them grow. That's how John was doing it at first. Since everything got blown up and fucked up and out of proportions, these Amir and Mariah are not going to go back and tell anybody because it's going to ruin everything. Right? So he strips them down of everything. The only thing left on them is skin, consciousness, and eyes. He takes out one of the aliens that he was going to save and wait until somebody else procreated. And he puts them inside of their body. And now their consciousness is wiped. Their eyes are changed. And Mariah and Amir now becomes the Greys. All of the organs are just set aside for whenever he needs to use them again to make human skin or to make a liver or a heart or anything like that is just a part of the science experiment for him. So he stores all of the organs, bones, everything that he would need to create a human in the future. I mean, yeah, to create a human skin in the future for anybody else. He saves that, puts that to the side. So Mariah and Amir's consciousness is somewhere in this lab, no longer connected to a human body. And actually, he put them inside. Remember I said um, sometimes they have to um, cloak as dogs. He put Mariah and Amir, one as a dog, one as a cat. So now their human consciousness, their eyes are inside one of a one of a dog, one of a cat. So now it seems like to everybody else, it seems like Amir is still alive and well. It seems like Mariah is still alive and well. And that the family just got a cat and a dog and it just makes them all the more that perfect family. Yeah. Since they're now in another in a different body and it's an animal, they can't speak to be able to tell people the truth. They can't tell people, hey, oh my gosh, watch out. This family and other families in the world are doing this in secret. They can't tell them to watch out that this is happening and they plan on invading us one day, but they're already here. They're not gonna come out of the sky. They have secret labs in their homes. They all are wearing human skin. They can't talk. All that comes out is a bark or a meow. Amir never wrote again. He never, because they're not going to have the same gifts, so he never wrote music again. That's one way his friends and people around him were able to tell something was off. Of course, if he went back to the hood or his friends hit him up after that, it would seem like they got him. So to Amir, I mean, to Amir's friends, it was like, oh shit, something happened. He ain't the same. He don't have emotions. He's not talking about the weird shit that happened the day before when bro had to run away and leave the house. He's not smoking and drinking like he used to and coming to the hood every once in a blue moon to catch up with childhood friends. It's just off. 
So as far as Amir's friends know, they got him. And that's all they know. They're not going back over there. They don't know if they were witches. They don't know if it was magic, if it was dark magic. They don't know what happened, if they were possessed. They never got down to the bottom of him as far as Amir's friends. They had different theories, but they didn't know. Now, Mariah and her family, it seems like she kind of lost contact with her family. So she's just alone in the world. Amir had friends. His friends never went back up there after that. When they contacted him and it sounded different and he didn't sound right and he never returned, they just assumed that somehow they got him. They don't know what that really means, but they know something's not right with bro. He's never been like this. Then I see all, all of a sudden one day, it seems as if now we're at a, um, the War of the Worlds and everybody's attacking everybody and everybody's um, flipping out and running around in the world, going through chaos. It seems like the purge. People are dying, killing each other. And it's because they're already here. They're already on our planet. They know the date that they're going to invade, but we don't know when they're going to do the invasion. So, <laughs> at the end of the story, the only people that know the truth about what really happened to Mariah and Amir is Amir's friends. They know somewhat, but the only people that know the true story in every detail is you and me, Mariah and Amir. That's all I have for you guys on this episode. I hope you enjoyed this story. Hopefully it creeped you out. <laughs> Peace.